welcome to episode 17 of Sports Talk Mostly. As most of you probably expected, I am going to start the episode off with a quick recap of the women's NCAA tournament. We saw a lot of big and unexpected moments, so let's run through that. First... In the Elite Eight, we saw UConn get away with a big no call to win the game against Baylor. However, the refs let them play all game and it was pretty scrappy with a lot of contact at times. So I actually agree with that no call based on how the refs were officiating previously. And also, just to backpedal uh, very quickly, I do have to give some nods to my gals at Oregon who did end up getting booted in the Sweet 16 by Louisville. However, Sedona Prince on that Oregon squad was one of the players who had some viral TikTok videos that helped bring to light some of the disparities with food at the hotels and the weight rooms in the women's tournament compared to the men's. So I wanted to make sure to include just a little bit about Oregon as well because of that whole storyline. In the final four, we saw another big upset to Don Staley's South Carolina team, with the heartbreaking putback attempt from Aaliyah Boston in the final second that just did not end up dropping for her. Also in the final four, we saw UConn's lack of experience finally get the better of them as Arizona played the trap very hard on Paige Beckers and Kristen Williams and were able to get the win, the final score was 69-59 Wildcats, and they would then face the fellow Pac-12 squad Stanford in the championship game where I think size and shooting options um, were the biggest factor factors that helped Stanford win the national championship last week. Um, as we saw Ari McDonald being double and even triple teamed throughout most of the game, it seemed like she was never quite able to find a consistent second option as we saw exactly in the final play of the game. Um, so it was really cool to see two Pac-12 teams in the championship for the first time in history. And I personally would like to commit to doing a better job of highlighting women from Oregon who are playing at these levels. As most of you guys know, if you've been following along with the show, I am born and raised in Oregon and currently living in Oregon. So it means a lot to me to give the women their their flowers, so to speak. Um, Unfortunately... I didn't even know until the tournament that Avina Westbrook with UConn is from Salem. Cameron Brink at Stanford, who was the number three recruit in the nation in 2020, is from Beaverton. And Ben Duyini at Arizona is from Portland, Oregon. So do be expecting some more high school recruit coverage from me in women's basketball in the future, and especially um, more coverage of these women whose names I'm talking about now. Um, I definitely kind of regret not knowing more about them. Uh, To my credit, though, Ivina Westbrook was frequently noted as the, quote, I'm air quoting, um, as the transfer from Tennessee. So I'm kind of upset with the media that they weren't fully expanding on her background and only referring to her as a transfer from Tennessee. So... Hopefully we can get those things more accurately covered and reported on um, in those in those big games. Um, Moving on. Also in women's sports, though, we had the reveal of the new WNBA Rebel Edition jerseys 
which were and are a huge hit throughout uh, the league supporters on social media. Obviously, lots of conversations on Twitter. Um, there, I I saw some numbers, and I think there was something like seventy six million uh, retweets and interactions with the, with the jerseys. So, kind of a little fun fact tidbit there about the social media coverage that these jerseys um, were able to create. Um, the jerseys are especially historic um, because they include a full warm-up and travel set for each team, which has never been done before in the W. Um, those launch sometime in the coming week or so. I think I saw a date about the 14th, if I'm not mistaken. And we definitely want to be on the lookout for that news so we can all keep showing love and emptying our pocketbooks for these women and the league they play in. In addition to the jersey release, the 2020 WNBA draft is on April 15th, and we will see several young women who made a big impact to their teams in the tournament uh, get to hear their names called as they sign their first WNBA contracts. So make sure to tune into that. It's fully virtual, um, the draft this year, to find out where key stars like Ari McDonald and Dijanae Carrington from Baylor end up. Um, so that concludes the quick women's basketball recap and news segment. I don't want to make you wait any longer for the fun interview with Dia Miller. You probably know her from the Dave and Dia podcast with Blazers Edge on SB Nation. And if you don't, <laughs> you should absolutely search their show the next time you're looking for something new to listen to at the gym or on your morning commute. Thank you, as always, for listening and for your support of Sports Talk Mostly. Enjoy the interview with Dia. Okay, okay. I hope you all are ready for episode 17. I have the wonderful Dia Miller. I hope you guys stopped to check out the secret segment with her. We definitely went super in-depth on all 10 topics, so definitely go check that out. Learn a little bit more about her outside of the sports world. And uh, thanks for listening, uh, as always. So let's get into it. There's a lot to talk about. Obviously, the trade deadline just happened. It's been a crazy couple of seasons with the bubble and not in the bubble and all of this stuff. Um, the one main reason I wanted to get you here on the pod was because of a story you did a few months back. I guess it was like five or six months back now. I like yeah. forget that we're all the way into March and it's not. I know. Where did the time go? <laughs> <laughs> so you did a piece um, of, about brothers in the NBA. I think that's what you actually called it was brothers in the, in the NBA, right? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, so it's, I work for a company called Swish Cultures. Um, <laughs> it's a, a um, sports media company. Mm -hmm. They're they're they have a very high presence on um, Instagram on social media, right. and a lot of highlights and things. Um, it started out. It 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 was formed by two overseas basketball players. Um, they created it initially to kind of highlight overseas basketball because especially okay. here you don't get to see a lot of that. Right. And there are some incredible players that play overseas. That's so and, true. Yeah, and so they created this, but it's evolved into more than that. Now it's obviously takes on, um, you know, the NBA, the WNBA. It's it's just basketball in general. That's so um, cool. It's super cool. So I've been working with them, and um, there's there's some movement towards written stuff. This is a new thing for them. Cool. Um, this, this actually is not even out yet. We're still, oh, interesting. Yeah, so we're still working on it. It's coming out. Um, but it's a series of articles that I'm writing based um, about siblings that play professional basketball. So um, it's kind of evolved because there are also women in the NBA. There are also people that are playing overseas that right. are siblings with people that play. Right now, we have a record number of siblings in the NBA. Yes. Like yes. there's so many sets of brothers in the NBA right now. And that just kind of fascinated me. And I'm like, I, we gotta, we gotta look into this. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's what we've been doing. So, um, after meeting with the players that you have already for that piece, would you say that after hearing their stories and the thing about their upbringing and their relationships outside of basketball, 
<clears throat> would you say that having close ties with somebody else in the league or somebody else in another league contributes at all to a player's development and coachability? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you, first of all, like when you're a kid and you're learning these skills and you're, you know, figuring out that you love this game, you've got someone else to play with all the time. All the um, time. And, and it's not like, I mean, I watch my kids and like my daughter will try to play with my, my son and like the, the skill level is like night and day. Um, <laughs> yeah. And neither one of them really is all that skilled, but like this, they're on a different level. When you have two people that both really love the sport and you're pushing each other and you're challenging yep. each other, um, you're obviously going to get on a, a much higher level, much quicker than if it's just one person, you know, learning on by themselves. I right. also think that there's something to be said for the resources and the connections that when you, especially once one of them has made it, I, one of the, one of those pairs that I talked to was um, CJ McCollum and Eric McCollum. Eric okay. is, um, Eric's his brother plays overseas. Yeah. Right. And, but Eric's older. And so right. Eric started playing basketball first. And um, it's interesting because a lot of like, especially Blazers fans don't have, don't aren't familiar with Eric, but exactly. are obviously very familiar with CJ. Yeah. But I think, you know, both Eric and CJ talk about the fact that they are where they are partially because of each other. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there's definitely something to be said for pushing each other and for, um, you know, building that, that, that skill set with someone else who also is very skilled. Right. And I think, especially when you, when you think about like the families of three, like the holiday brothers, the Plumleys, the balls, then you get even more in depth and more intense. Cause then yeah. you have sometimes like siblings that are two, three, four years apart that are competing with right. each other. As we're seeing with LaMelo ball, he, I mean, Lonzo had so much hype behind his rookie season but we obviously saw it magnified with right. Lamelo. so it's one of those things that like you're saying with the McCollum brothers the the hype and the popularity around one brother definitely magnifies the game and the passion the intensity of the other brother or brothers yeah sisters you know what I mean so yeah. it's just one of yeah. those things like, like you're saying they all have spent all these years, all their lives competing against each other. Yeah. That, and I'm glad you answered that question so in-depthly that I have always thought that it creates so much more competition and it's your family. So you're also competing right. for the, the bragging rights too. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. In competitive sport-related families, bragging rights, Yeah. that lasts a long time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, I don't want to spoil it completely, but there's, there's some stories about that, that I, so that, will cool. be, that will be there. And it's, it's fun. You know, it's fun to listen to that because you can hear them even now as adults talking about things that happened when they were kids and how that like, you know, these are, these are adults with successful careers in professional basketball. And they're talking about a game they played one-on-one -on -one with their brother when they were, you know, 17 and, just, <laughs> and, and getting just as like, into talking about that as talking about you know some some big game winning moment or whatever it's, it's those things that. shape you so much I'm like you no know. you traveled <laughs> yeah. that's so cool well like I said that that piece specifically caught my eye just because I too am fascinated by all the different family connections in the NBA both yeah. I mean there's cousins like right now you have Dame and his cousin playing both for the yeah. Blazers yeah, you know, so it goes so much deeper even, than being even, teammates, even parents and, yeah. and children. Like, I mean, we obviously are still mourning the loss of Gary Trent Jr., but like his dad played for the Blazers. You know, you get um, and and you see that within the NBA, whether they played for the same team or not. You see guys that are in the league now that they're dads. Yeah. I, you know, what I cannot wait to see, and I'm hoping Michael Thompson and Clay Thompson. Shout out Blazers! Oh yeah, there you go. But one of the things I cannot wait to see that I really, really hope we get to see and I feel like we're going to is LeBron and his son playing in the league at yes! the same time. Yeah. Yes. I think all of us are waiting for that. And I, I actually like somewhat get offended when people are like, oh, Lakers won the championship. Bron's done after this year. I'm like, you obviously don't know anything about LeBron because right. his 
is three years away from the league. And if you don't think that he's going to stick around to yep. at least see if his son is in draft position, you're crazy. Well, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that whole scenario plays out. But I definitely think, especially looking at the skill level that he is still playing at, Barring some career-ending injury, which, of course, we don't wish on anyone, no, like, right. that man will still be in the league when his son comes in because it's – it's he's he's not slowing down. And, I mean, you you look at some of the veteran players on teams, and, and they've continued to play even at a much lower level than they played, right. you know, in their prime. And LeBron is not at that point yet. Like, he's nope, still playing <laughs> – yeah, he's still playing a, a fantastic game. And so I think – he is nowhere near leaving. And I think it's right. going to be really interesting to watch because I definitely think, you know, whether that will be said publicly or not, he's going to do everything he can, which you're right. He's three years away. Like yeah. he's going to do everything he can to, to stay in the league. Until well, technically, he can technically two years away. I mean, his sophomore season is ending in two months. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, but then they can't, they have to go for a year before they can so after they graduate from high school there's a year that they have to be out before they can be drafted that rule ends in 2022 it does yep wow okay yeah. well that changes the game that really? rule i didn't ends, know that yep that rule ends for the 2022 draft class so like imani bates brawny uh i think even Jalen green all of those dudes will be eligible to wow. forego college and go back to yeah they're going to go back wow. Kobe and LeBron style. Yep. Wow. Okay. All yep. right. Well, then, so, yeah, he's just a couple years away. Yeah. So, Bronny, actually, like I said, if if he stays, you know, I mean, Sierra, Sierra Canyon, where Bronny goes to school at, just won a championship. Right. So, right. if they keep this momentum up, it's almost a no-brainer that Bronny will be at least in, like, the top 25 of I that mean, draft. I this is maybe a controversial take. But to me, if I'm – a team drafting I'm looking at taking him simply for the fact that I might have a shot at getting his dad on my team exactly and not not to say that he is not talented and ha and I think he's I think regardless of where his skill level is when he goes into the NBA he's going to improve he's got every resource at his fingertips he obviously has skill um, right. and ability so I I think he'll be a good solid pickup for a team anyway but yeah. you look at that as, as a team and you think, man, if I could get him here, I might have a shot at getting LeBron too. Because, like, yeah. how cool would that be to play with your son? Yep. And <laughs> I'm sorry, but we all know that LeBron would take that tampering sign, okay? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know that you could argue that that's a legit – like, I don't know how you – I don't know. Because, like, I, yeah. I, I'm curious how that works with, yeah. like – agents and salaries and demanding trades and all of that stuff like you said there's definitely a lot of like moving pieces to that puzzle yeah. but it's obviously a bargaining piece you know yeah. it's one of those things that if that team had say a first round an opportunity to waive and cap space it could happen yeah I definitely think it could happen and I think it's the kind of thing where LeBron would take major pay cuts. I think he would like, I think especially going to the end of his career yeah. to me as a parent, like the opportunity, and I don't think that's ever been done before. So the opportunity to get to do something that's never been done and to do it with your kid, yeah. like, I, I mean, you're going to do everything you can to make that happen. So yeah. I, I, it'll be, it's going to be really, really interesting when, when Bronny gets to the point where he's being drafted, because I think we're going to see some, some unique situations happening yeah. here and I am here for it. Me like, too. Yeah. Some major history being made. Uh, I fully agree. I'm definitely really excited to see what happens and like the direction that the James family takes that yeah. whole opportunity. Yeah, for I sure. think it would be, I think I would be more shocked if we didn't see at least an attempt for it. Right. Right. Then you know what everybody's thinking. Like if we're thinking that, everybody's thinking. Like, <laughs> nobody's like no. I mean these the people that do this for a living. Like they're thinking of every scenario possible. There's yeah. no way they miss this. Like there's yeah. no way someone's sitting there thinking, well, like you know that this is in their heads. You know yeah. it is. Yeah, it has to be. Like it you said, if we're thinking about it. We're not right. a part of scouting. We're not a part right. Of Right. It's not or... our job to think about this. Like they're they're thinking about it for <laughs> yeah. sure. For sure.
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Speaking of doing things with your kid, I'm glad yeah. you kind of went down that road <laughs> because there was actually a story about you and your daughter watching yeah. WNBA together for last year's Wubble. Yep. And your daughter was watching Sabrina and she asked you a question about playing basketball and they quote, even though I'm a girl. Yeah. So tell us what happened after that. And what does your daughter think about basketball now? Is she still interested? Does she still watch with you? All of those things. Tell us. <laughs> so, so the backstory on this, because the post went viral, like pretty, yep. pretty majorly viral and ended up on ESPN and, Report and all that stuff. Yeah. Real quickly. And so, yeah. and I got a lot of backlash. Um, and essentially, yeah, essentially people were like, well, cause my profile is like me with a basketball and it, and it tells like, I, you, I obviously work in this industry. And so right. people were being really critical, like this, like saying that I made it up because how on earth would my kid not know she could play and whatever. And so, so the backstory on this is I the WNBA, and I almost am ashamed to admit this, but I'm fairly new to watching the WNBA. Right. I grew up watching the NBA. I grew up watching, you know, men play. Um, right. The WNBA wasn't always as easily accessible. And so it's not something that I was used to watching. Right. I love watching it now. I still don't know nearly as much about it because I haven't had as much exposure to it. But um, right. I, I, so most of what I have watched has been NBA. So right. that's what my daughter sees. She would regularly watch basketball with me and she would see that it's all men playing it's, basketball. Yeah. Yep. So I happened to turn it on one day when they were playing what was Sabrina's first game, I think, right. or something like that. I and think so many of us were watching that game. Yeah. I remember I remember seeing your tweet come across the timeline and it was crazy. Actually, don't, I don't mean to like interrupt your story, no, but it was crazy actually because my daughter was sitting here watching with me. And that was the first time that she also was watching WNBA. So I actually kind of got like personally offended when people were coming at you about like, oh, well, you you work in basketball. And, like, right. how is this possible? Because like you said, it's always been NBA, yeah. not WNBA. Right. So fully, I, I same sentiment, same situation, same time. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> And it's, and you know, and so, so we're watching this, I have this game on and she wanders in the room and she kind of looks at the TV and she sits down and she's watching it. And she's like, mom, those are, those are girls. And I said, yeah. And she's like, but they're on TV. Like I didn't obviously write all of this. She's right. like, they're on TV. And I said, yeah. And she said, but I didn't know that girls could play like, uh, like on TV. And I was right. like, well, yeah, you know, they, they can, there's, there's a whole other league that's for women. And she's like, so, so like I could, I could be a basketball player like on TV, even Aww. though I'm, even though I'm a girl. And I was like, yeah, you can. And it's so interesting because these are the kinds of conversations that my daughter and I have regularly. Like I remember being at, right. an, at an Angels game. Uh, she's a big fan of Angels baseball. Uh -huh. um, she loves Albert Pujols. She calls him by his first name, like they're best friends. Oh my gosh, she's so funny. And so. Um, we were on the way to the game and we were talking about it and she was like, mom, I'm going to play, I'm going to play baseball when I grow up. I want to be a baseball player. And I was like, um, you know, Julissa, well, that's really cool. I said, right now there aren't any women that play baseball professionally. It's just men. Right. And she goes, that's fine, mom. I'll be the first one. Like she just, she just assumed she could do it. So there was a part of me that was a little bit surprised to hear that reaction from her because in my head, I've never realized that she's thought of things as being um, unreachable because she's a girl. And so it was right. very interesting to hear that. And I thought that was important. You know, we talk all the time about how representation matters yep. and it's so stinking true for reasons just like this, because yep. as a parent, as an adult woman who loves sports, who is aware of the fact that women play basketball, I would never have known that she wouldn't make that connection. It just right. didn't even occur to me. And so I think I've been a lot more um, conscious of that since then. And we talk yeah. about it more. I still watch more NBA than I do WNBA. Um, part of that is the nature of my job. Like I right. do. I do. Um, and she still watches it with me. But we definitely talk. And I mean, anytime Sabrina comes on for anything, um, she gets all excited about it. Because then, then because the post went viral, um, Nike reached out and they sent some stuff to her and they had Sabrina Aww. write her a letter. And so she got a letter from Sabrina Aww. and it was super cool. 
Um, but because of that moment, like we've had so many other discussions, like when um, the there was a woman that kicked in a football game for the first time. Right. Like I yeah, called her. Fuller. Yep. I called her over and I was like, look, this is what's happening. This has never happened before. It's really cool. It's important to remember that just because something's never happened doesn't mean that it can't, doesn't mean that you can't be the one to do it. And like we, you know, and so I think that moment that happened totally organically has been a really good lesson for me as a parent of a girl that, you know, I need to take these opportunities to show her that this is not a, a hindering factor. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I think it's really easy to be judgmental of parents, especially if you're not a parent. But even yeah. if you are a parent, it's really easy to be judgmental of how people do things. Totally. And I think, I think the most important thing maybe in life is being teachable at all stages of life and being so willing to learn and grow and not be stuck in your way of thinking. And so I think, I think for me personally, um, that's always a goal. I always want to be learning. I always yeah. want to be doing better. And yeah. I'm not afraid to admit that I haven't been perfect. And right. I've had, you know, I, yeah, my kids should have known that there were professional women that played basketball. You're absolutely right. Internet. Yeah. Congratulations. Like, <laughs> yes, she should have known, but she didn't. And so, right. so do I, because of that, do I say like, like, do I just, I mean, you do better. You say, yeah. okay, like now I realize that let's do better. Let's find so ways true. to talk about this. And so she still loves sports. She's convinced she wants to play soccer. I'm like, really? I think soccer. you like basketball better, but you know, and, and sometimes she'll be like, mom, is it okay? Like if I don't play basketball and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Like I'll, I'll recover one day, you know, but even if I, she goes back and forth so much, like one day she wants to be a professional dancer. One day she thinks she's going to be a great basketball player. Like, you know, she's eight. She's yeah. in that stage where she wants to be everything. She, yeah, um, exactly. And she and, can be everything if she wants yeah, to be. And good for her for thinking that and like being yeah. on that wavelength. Um, but she definitely still likes watching. She's a Blazer fan. Um, she, you know, she'll sit, she'll beg to watch games with me, especially if oh. they're past her bedtime. She's like, can I stay up and watch? Um, so she's, she's definitely, and I love that because I was a fan as a kid and I hope that she grows up to be a girl that loves sports. I think that that's something that I, yeah. you know, that's such a big part of my identity now. And I think that I, I hope that it is for her too, because it's such a cool thing. So totally. Yeah. And yeah. I also think that, you know, it's crazy because I didn't even really think much about it until you said that, that little story about the baseball thing yeah. that it's so weird how even in baseball, just as in basketball, the softball, the women's equivalent equivalent of baseball is yet again, not publicized, not televised. Right. There's no media coverage for it. Right. There's, right. You know, no app to log on and watch any women's softball game in the nation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things that when you stop and think about the whole picture that, as you said, you can't blame an eight-year-old or even right. the mother of the eight-year-old that she didn't realize there was WNBA and she didn't realize there's women's softball because right. that's why people don't know. Right. There's no coverage over it. There's right. no programs to pipeline kids who do have interest to say hey this is the local WNBA or the local right. softball team within 200 miles and if you live in this area come to this camp and you'll be connected with these players and so right. on and so forth like there are for so many men's soccer teams men's yep. football teams men's basketball teams baseball teams even track camps there are so many boy specific camps yeah. that girls are allowed to go to. Right. But it's not girl specific like it is boy specific or even yeah. girl and LGBTQ. As we know, there's like an assassination on trans and LGBTQ involvement in sports right now. You know what I mean? So having those platforms and having those conversations is so important. It to is other eight-year-old girls down the road knowing that, yeah, I can't play baseball, but I'm going to go play softball. You right. Know I mean? And, and maybe one day, yeah, I can play baseball too. You know, exactly. It's, it's one of those things too, where like you hate to, 
I don't know. I struggle with this because, like, I get I get how business works, and I get right. how advertising works, and I get how much like I get it. But yep. also, like, give it a shot. Like, invest yep. in this. Take a chance because you will be surprised how much it will. Especially right now, there's such a push for this that I wish people would get on board because it would blow up right now. And, right. And and once that it is. gets, it is blowing up. But I mean, yeah. if, if like if investors and and people would put advertising money into it and things like that, <clears throat> excuse me, it would be, I feel like it's at a point right now where it's about to just explode. And so this would be a good time to get in on that. Like right. there's a demand, there's a demand for it. And so if we could get, you know, the media to cover it more yeah. and get, you know, the, the, I don't know. I just think there's so many opportunities here and there's so much demand for it. And, right. and I wish that, I wish that, I just wish that men weren't so negative. Domineering. <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a lot of pushback. Um, and, yeah. and I've been really, it's been really cool to watch the, the NBA support. Um, and yeah. you know, the guys wearing their sweatshirts and like really yeah. supporting the women and, and pushing for, for women to have that. And I think that that's so cool. Um, so here's an example, since you uh, mentioned your little story with her, I feel like it's an appropriate time yeah. to share this. It's sold is, out. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, Sabrina, on the cover of Slam, which is a predominantly men's basketball magazine, sold out in minutes of it being live on the Slam website. Within like 30 minutes, this was sold out. It's just, it's insane, the demand for this. Yeah. I don't understand why people aren't getting, like, why do you not see this? Why do you not see that this is happening? There has to be people whose job it is to look at these numbers and to pay attention to this stuff. Like, why? And so, and I, I just, I don't know. I, I, I truly believe that there are good people in this space. Yeah. And I believe yeah. that there are lots <laughs> of good men who support this as well. And I think, you know, it, it's just, <laughs> I really hope to see improvement with this because yeah. I think it's, I think it's needed for so many reasons. I fully agree. I fully agree. So at least, you know, between the two of us, if we can encourage all the yeah. parents that we know to continue having these conversations yeah. with kids, boys and girls, um, that, you know, hopefully the future generations will be able to absorb and understand the fact that sports don't have to be gender specific no. No. so um moving on kind of switching gears a little bit because we obviously have to talk about the trade deadline um first question there's a lot of questions that I want to get your opinion on so yeah ready. I'm ready first one being did the Blazers miss an opportunity to add Aaron Gordon to the equation oh this is such a hard question to just <laughs> Okay, let's break it down. Honestly, initially, I was really bummed. I was really hoping that that was going to happen. Um, right. I think it's really easy to, especially as fans, you watch this stuff blow up. And I think it's really easy for people to start placing blame, like, oh, why didn't they do more? Why didn't they? But the fact of the matter is there's limitations for everybody. Right. If, 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 the, if, if they can't come to an agreement and, and make it happen, if we don't have the resources they want, like, it's not like we can just say, yep, we want him. And then he's ours. There's so much <laughs> more to it than that. And I think people forget that. So that's the first thing. Um, I definitely was bummed. That right. being said, seeing the move that we did make and seeing how Norm is like fitting in and, and killing it with these guys and seeing Nurk because Nurk struggled when he came back at the beginning of the season, he was struggling. He was right. not playing to his potential. And we later found out that there was personal stuff that was going on that was just adding to the weight, which is completely understandable. Right. But then he got hurt again. He, you know, I, I am assuming that maybe that stuff has resolved and is doing better because he's come back and he's playing strong. And yeah. knowing that he's playing solidly like that makes me a little less disappointed that we didn't get Aaron Gordon. Um, and then especially seeing how Norm is fitting in. So yeah, initially I was like, dang it, why? Um, it was it was definitely one that I was hoping we'd go after, but seeing how it's played out, I'm okay with how it ended up. Okay, so you mentioned Norm. 
he's obviously a very strong shooter, a very strong three-point shooter, uh, very complimentary to Damon CJ, but how does or can he fit into the Blazers' defensive game? You know, Dave and I joke about this a lot, that <laughs> the, the, Blazers, the Blazers' defensive strategy is score 200 and hope it's enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, their, their offense is their defense, um, right. I, you know, I don't know. To me, he, he seems to be playing decent defense. Right. And granted, I don't have high standards. Like, <laughs> my standards for defense at this point are, like, move your feet, put your hands up in the air. Like, that's my Maybe standard. we got Carmelo playing defense. What more do people want? <laughs> right, right. I, I feel like there's improvements. I feel like that. And, and I've said this a million times. Like, I feel like improving defense is always going to be easier than improving offense because sure. when, I mean, you can, you can, you can hustle more, you can make a bigger effort and right. be a better defender, but right. offensively you can make all the effort in the world and still miss your shots. Right. Um, so to me, I would rather have the problem of defense than the problem of offense. I think um, that being said, I do think that we're going to start to see that pick up. You know, they're in a good position. They're num- since the break, we're the number one team offensively in the True. NBA. Right. And, and so that's good. That's a good start. We're winning games. Even if we're only winning them by a few points, we're winning games. A win is a win. Um, right. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that with Nurk being back, with Norm being there now as, as kind of this new energy – that that energy is going to pick up and it's yep. going to become contagious. And that's my defensive strategy. At this point. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing else. Um, you know, I mean, obviously like I wanted going into this trade deadline, I wanted to see moves that would help us defensively. My whole thing was our offense is good. We don't need help offensively. Like right. we don't need to make moves that are going to help us offensively. We have good offense. That's so, how I felt when we got Norm. I was like, why? We don't right. need Sure. <laughs> the, and see, the only thing about that is, like, obviously, um, Gary Trent Jr. was well-loved by Blazers fans. I think that was a consensus. I know. It was – It was. It, that's a rough one to watch. Um, but that being – phrase, weeks in bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, and so that's – I think that's hard to, to watch as a Blazer fan. You know, anyone that you really like watching, seeing them in a, in the, in a different jersey is just – odd and so weird. rough the other night like Gary yeah. wrong jersey on yeah, you're on the wrong side um which by the way Norm lining up on the wrong side of the tip-off was priceless like that's just comedy um but I think I think it's one of those things where he's made some comments uh, I think Gary's the kind of guy that he's not dedicated to the city of Portland the way that some of the other guys are right. I think he's someone that he's young his career is just beginning he wants to be successful. He's got skills that are taking off. I think he would have followed the money and a team that's going to put him in a starting lineup. And that wasn't going to happen with the Blazers. Right. And so I think that we would have lost him at the end of the year anyway. And I know like people are saying, and so for me, I thought that was a smart move to trade him, even though it pained me and it was difficult to watch him go. Right. He, he looks happy there. And I think he will be happy there. They're starting him. That's great for him. I'm happy for him to be there. Um, and, and, and I know that there's some talk about, you know, Norm being a rental because at the end of the season, his contract is up too. My hope is that he will want to stay. I don't think Gary Trent Jr. wanted to stay. Um, so I'm hoping that Norm will want to stay and I'm hoping that we can, you know, Gary was going to, he signed with clutch sports. They're infamous for getting a lot of money for their players. I'm hoping that Norm will be more affordable and maybe we can hold on to him. Um, so that'll end up being hopefully a, a better move. I, I don't know. I mean, there's only so much we could do. Like after some of these trades started happening, I'm looking at this and thinking like, literally there's nothing like, what are we yeah. going to do? There are no options here. So to me, I'm glad that a move was made. Right. Well, and I think that Gary came into Rip City from his rookie season, knowing that Portland was going to be a stepping stone to that bigger contract for him. Yeah. Like you said, we never really saw him develop like that attachment to Portland and really like right. take ownership of being in Portland. Yeah. Um, obviously, he embraced his teammates and all the people right. around him. Yeah. But I think that he went into it even three years ago, knowing that I'm not yeah. going to be here a whole, okay. whole long time. 
Um, but maybe someday he'll we'll pull in pull a Okay, sorry about that. You guys, we had quick te technical difficulties, but as we were talking about, um, we definitely, I think, dodged a little bit of a bullet there with moving before we got tasked with either upping his contract or getting rid yeah. of him. Yeah. So on that note, which Blazers do you see, if any, moving in the offseason? Obviously, the big question looming is, do we keep CJ? Do we move <sighs> him? So what are you anticipating and what do you think might come of that? I don't think we're going to move CJ. I, I'd be shocked if we move CJ and I don't want to move CJ. I think, <laughs> the fact, I think the fact is that CJ's more valuable to Portland than he is as a trade. He, he's, he's, I feel like CJ is one of the most underrated players. He's yep. so good. And especially this season, he's come out and just put up record numbers. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, for whatever reason, he just does not get the credit he deserves. Like, he would Never. be a freaking star on another team if he wasn't playing next to Dame. And yep. even on our team, he still is. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, I feel like CJ is the Clyde Drexler to Dame's Michael Jordan. Totally. Like, I know that's a league example versus a team example, but like right. I always think like Ply didn't get what he deserved because of Michael Jordan. If yeah. that league had not had Michael Jordan, Clyde would have been insane. Totally. Um, and I think the same thing with the Blazers and Dame and CJ. If the Blazers didn't have Dame, CJ would be the Dame of the team. Um, and I think the two of them together are, are solid. Um, I think for a lot of reasons, we will not trade him. And honestly, I think it's a good move because I don't think we would, who are you going to trade him for? That's going to be of his value. Like that's yeah. the thing is like, you can give me a fair trade, like where we're getting somebody who's going to be just as valuable to the Blazers as CJ, then, then, okay, let's talk. But I just don't see that happening. I don't think right. he is going to be as valuable to another team as he is to the Blazer. Like, I think if we trade him, we're getting something that's less valuable in my Absolutely. opinion. Yes. So, I fully agree with that. And I think Neil is not likely to trade him. You know, him and Dame, it, I think, want to stay together. They've, you know, their contracts, I think, are are for similar times. I think they've done that on purpose. Yeah. Um, I don't think he has any plans of going anywhere. And I don't think that the team has any plans of trading him. Um, I don't know, man. I, I look at the roster that we have. Granted, we have two open spots right now. Right. Um, that I'm hoping we fill. But I'm looking at the roster that we have right now and thinking, like, what the heck do we do? Like, I'm <laughs> really glad. This is the one job that I could – well, I mean, there are several jobs I couldn't do, but I could never do this job. I right. get way too attached. I can't – like, I'm going down the list of people and thinking, like, I mean, Zach, maybe, but how do you even do that? Because he's injured. Like, he's not yeah. valuable as a current player right now. He can't play. So yeah. even moving him, like, that's not really – helpful right now I guess if he maybe gets healthy in the off season I could see him moving just because the team has established kind of this chemistry and this direction that they're going without him now so yeah. I could see him being a piece that they move I mean Harry Giles we've heard them talk about moving him I love him he's so much fun to watch he's also obviously being injured we haven't gotten to see nearly enough from him but I think he's fantastic I'd be sad to see him go. I'd be sad to see Zach go, honestly. I know. I know. I feel like Rip City as a whole gets so invested and attached yeah. to every single one of these guys that well, like, when you start really, really putting names on the chopping block, like, for real, we're like, wait, no, not him. And they're like, but right. somebody. We're like, but no, not him either. Right. It's, it's <laughs> like, yeah, you can't. It's like a little kid that is holding armfuls of toys that they can't quite hold and not wanting to share because they're all their favorites. Like, that's how I feel about this team. Like, I don't want to share. the same team for a whole decade and a championship, yeah. okay? Yeah. That's all you want. I want a 30-man roster so that all we have to do is add and we don't have to let them go. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the one the one thing is I think I'm at the point in my in my basketball watching career <laughs> that <laughs> that I I enjoy seeing players I like on other teams. Like I've really grown to appreciate players that don't play for us and I like watching them. So that's my one condolence is like even if Gary's on the Raptors, I can watch Raptors games and still get to see Gary play basketball. Like right. I can watch, you know, so that's my, I keep that in the back of my mind that if they're happy with the trade, what I don't want to see is somebody get traded who doesn't want to be traded. That oh. would break my heart. But if yeah. they're okay with the trade and it's a, a mutual breakup, then like all, 
I'll handle it. Um, But yeah, it's hard to look at this roster right now and say, I think I think Zach's probably on the on the chopping block. I think Harry Giles is probably on the chopping block. I think Derek Jones Jr. is probably on the chopping block, although I don't like it. I don't even yeah. want to say it. It's it. I, I let's keep that man forever and ever because, like he is a national treasure. Um I think at this point, probably our starting lineup is fairly safe. I would be yeah. surprised to see Dame, CJ, Norman, if we can keep Norman. Um, Nurk and Robert Covington. I'd be surprised to see any of them go. Mm-hmm. I think Mello, as long as he plays, I think he'll end his career in Portland. I think so um, too. And I would like to see that happen. Me too. So I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, other than that, I think you know it's tricky with the younger players. Nasir Little, I hope they don't let go of. I want to see him stay. I, I have a feeling they'll move C.J. Ellaby though. Yeah, he might get moved. And, yeah. and and I'm not too attached to him yet, so I'd be okay right. with that. He's um, rough, though. He's not CJ. We already have our CJ. He's it just gets rough. confusing. <laughs> uh, and, you know, I mean, Ant, I think, has been really valuable for us. But with Dame and CJ and Norman, I think he could end up being on the chopping block. He's a young, talented True. player that now has some experience that could be of some value for us. And, and he's not, you know with three <laughs> talented guards like do we really need him at this point right. i mean the, the the argument there is for the future of the team yeah, um, yeah. Because, because norm cj and dame are all within a few years of each other and they're you know in their prime right now right. but i don't i i also think that this is the time we need to be making a a run for a championship while we've got dame so yeah. So to me, like if, if Ant has to be traded in order to secure a piece that will help make that happen, then I could see that happening. But Definitely. again, I'd be sad about it. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. On the other side of the league, uh, we saw some big moves and also a big non-move. So based on those, do you think the Nets are a super team now? <sighs> the Nets, man. I... I just can't even like. Obviously, yeah. they're still without KD, so it's like right. doesn't really but count. But he's on the roster, like, right? Right. Gonna, you know, yeah, that's an insane team. Like, <laughs> that is an insane team, and they managed. They're the only team that can beat the Lakers, so. I, I definitely think they can beat the Lakers. Yeah. I would go as far as to say I think there are a lot of teams that could beat the Lakers. True. Uh, I, I think the Lakers are in a tricky spot right now. And I think that this time without uh, LeBron and without AD is going to shake them. Yeah. Um, and it could shake them just enough to put them in a position where someone could take them out. Right. Um, right. I think that the Nets are by far the most solid team right now. Fully agree. And I think, you know, you have, I think that there are situations where you almost have too much talent. Yeah. Um, where like they, they, clash and they butt heads and it doesn't quite work I but mean, it we seems saw it with be, russell and james yep yeah but it seems to be working here yeah you know it seems to be working for them and and they seem to it's it's there's there ought to be rules about this <laughs> <laughs> man the rich get richer i'll tell ya. It's, <laughs> you it's so then are you surprised that we didn't see a kyle lowry trade obviously that would have definitely probably changed a little bit of the dynamic with adding Gary and Rodney to the Toronto roster. Yeah, so. I think he probably heard Gary was coming and was like, ah, I want to stay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I think it's one of those things that you hear guys want to be traded and then something, you don't, you never know where it's coming from. Right. You don't know if it's like they just don't like the area, they don't like the team, they don't like the management. Maybe they're unhappy that things aren't happening. Maybe when they, like maybe when he, like, I say that jokingly, but legitimately, maybe he thought, like, hey, that's a guy I want to play f- with. Like, I'll give it another year. Like, you just never know. Right. I feel like I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Like, <laughs> so true. It, there's so few things that I'm just, like, shocked about anymore. Yeah, that's so um, true. So, and I feel like sometimes when the trade deadline comes around, there's so much anticipated activity that when the anticipated activity doesn't happen, you're like, Oh, well, we should have all seen that coming. Like, of course they're going right. to tell us for two weeks that 
such and such move is inevitable and then it doesn't happen and something else actually happens. Yeah, I know. It's so it's 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 a roller coaster of emotion. It is a roller coaster of emotion for sure. So in closing, you touched on it just a moment ago and you wrote a piece on it for SB Nation. So I have to know. Okay. Will Damian Lillard win a championship with the Trailblazers? Yes. When? I think I, I, <laughs> Since you know so he's much. Trying, Taylor, he's trying. <laughs> I'm trying, Jennifer. <laughs> I, I honestly think, I honestly think he will. I really do. And maybe this is just my optimism that I can't quit. I don't know. I just, I, I, I can't. The drive that that man has and his ability to push his team to the e- extreme limit when it yeah. counts, I just think it, it's going to happen. It's going to yeah. happen. And, and, and his ability to get the team over those clutch moment humps into yeah. like safe territory to win, he is yeah. so unprecedented at that. <laughs> I think it's going to happen. I really do. And I I get flack for that all the time. Um <laughs> But I mean, I, like I'm legitimately someone who looks at this team this year and says, we it could, have. we it could, and yeah. and I know it's not, I know that it's not the most likely thing. I know that it's not a, it's not something I'd probably, you know, go to Vegas and put odds on. But I don't even bet. I don't even know how to say that properly. But you know, I wouldn't. <laughs> but I think that in the time that we are in with COVID throwing everything off and whatever else, like I, I think, I think it's anybody's to take right now. And I think that if they can pull it together and they can continue to, you know, cause right now they're kind of on this climb and if they can yeah. continue that climb and improve their defense, because I think that that can be done. If they could improve their defense, even by like a third yeah. They would be incredible. Like yeah. that's what Yeah. So if so they, I really think that some some changes, some little changes that are doable could mm-hmm. make this within our reach. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. You know, Norm's still new. I I, I don't know. I think it's possible. Maybe not this year, maybe next year, maybe this year, maybe two <laughs> years. I think it's coming. I think it's coming. So what you're telling me is, either way, keep the champagne on ice because it's going to happen. Maybe they're just waiting until we can all be together to celebrate. Hey, there you go. Thinking. We need to get fans back in mode ASAP. Yeah, seriously. Well, thank you so much for joining today. I appreciate your time. Appreciate you as a part of Blazers Twitter and NBA Twitter and uh, just just can't wait to keep connecting with you and yeah. hear more your brothers in the NBA story. So keep us updated on that. Oh, wow. And oh, well. we post it and share it when, when it comes out. So cool. thank you again for your time today and we will talk to you soon. All right. See you later. <laughs>